Hello and welcome to another episode of Tokyo Daily by Where Do We Begin. Pleasure to have you here, whether on you're on YouTube or listening on whatever podcast app. I'm truly delighted that you are tuning in. We'll get straight into the review from yesterday. I'll start off with the Matildas. What a game. What a performance that was. It was one of the most absolutely bonkers games of football I've seen in the last few years and maybe even my life. It was just absolutely nuts. So, I'll, I'll tell you about it. Up against Team GB in the quarter final of the Women's Football Tournament, of course, it was 2-1 to uh, the Brits with a minute to go uh, after Alan White snagged a quick-fire double for the Lionesses. And uh, Alana Kennedy for the Matildas uh, knocked in a first-half header, but like I said, 2-1 down with a minute to go, the Matildas were. Sam Kerr, a brilliant, composed equaliser for a finish in the 89th minute. Took it to extra time. Now, nearing the end of extra time, about the 102nd, 103rd minute, Tegan Micah saved what was a pretty pretty dubious penalty decision given to uh, Team GB. Caroline Weir took the penalty. Tegan Micah pulled off a miraculous save. Mary Fowler went up the other end, had a shot from outside the box, deflected, went in, 103rd minute. Aussies are 3-2 up heading into the halftime break. They're 3-2 up against Team GB. First attack of the second half of extra time. Sam Kerr scores another goal, the fourth goal for the Aussies. It looked pretty safe from there, but it was a funny, funny, strange game. So nothing was completely safe. And Alan White pulled one back to secure her hat-trick in the 115th minute Ooh, things may be looking a bit dicey here for the Matildas, but uh, Team GB, they didn't really create another chance. And in the end, the Matildas got the 4-3 victory, arguably their best ever win, I'd say. Let me know what you guys think. Is there a Matildas win that's better than that? They've had some against Brazil over the years, a good one against America and a friendly, but that was a massive game, a massive result, and showed massive determination to come back and win, score three goals within, what, uh, about... 25 minutes of, or even less, about 20 minutes of play to bring it back from 2-1 down to 4-2 up. Miraculous stuff. They're into the semi-final against Sweden in a few days' time. Now, another amazing result. Well, it's not so amazing. We were expecting to see swimming medals, and we got more yesterday. M. McKeon and Kate Campbell in the 100-metre freestyle. M. McKeon set an Olympic record in her qualifiers uh, in, in the semi-final. Uh, So she won the gold in this one. She finished in 51.96 seconds, which is another Olympic record. First athlete at these games to win four medals. uh, So seventh medal ever. But more importantly uh, for her, well, not more importantly, but very importantly for her, her first individual gold at an Olympic Games, which is just huge for her. You could see it. (laughs) She couldn't wipe the smile off her face, uh, rightly so as she would be uh, after the race. And it makes her the ninth most successful Aussie Olympian of all time in esteemed company there. Amazing, amazing stuff from Emma McKean. Uh, Hong Kong's Siobhan Bernadette Jorge uh, got silver. Uh, just, what was it, 0.31 of a second behind Emma McKean. But Kate Campbell earning herself a bronze medal, 52.52 seconds. And... I think the key thing I took out of this was just how, how nice a person Kate Campbell seems, really. Amazing swimmer, but straight after the race, when she realized McKean won gold, they were in lanes next to each other. 
reached over the lane rope, gave her a, embraced her, gave her a big hug. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Oh, I'm so happy for you, she said. It was touching stuff from their teammates, a couple of veterans, and um, I think it's fair to say, of the Aussie Olympic swimming scene. I think McKeon's 26, 27, Kate Campbell maybe a year or two older, and that's Kate Campbell's seventh total medal in Olympic Games, but only her second individual Olympic medal. So she was – oh understandably so so happy delighted with that result so aussie australia um that we've already overtaken our gold medal haul from rio which is great to see a cracking start in the first week or so to these games six more medals in the pool will equal our best ever swimming medal haul which was in beijing in 2008 but some more medal news matt matt win from the sailing in the laser category he's all but won the gold in that third Aussie to win it in a row. Now, this guy, he could have played AFL, but he decided to focus on sailing, which is probably not something many people do, uh, quit an AFL dream to focus on their sailing. But he did it, and he's all but won a gold medal. Shaky start in the first few races of the campaign, but today, or yesterday, sorry, uh, he finished 8th and 12th, and now all he needs to do is just finish the medal race on Sunday, which is for double points, finishes that, secures the gold medal for the laser category. So congratulations, Matt. Awesome result. Love to see another gold medal on the tally. And um, in, so, in some more kind of, oh, yeah, it's pretty pretty sad news, really. Saya Sakakibara, the BMX racer for Australia, she was in a semifinal yesterday. Uh, her, her brother, Kai, who's also a BMX racer, he crashed uh, in February 2020 and suffered a pretty traumatic brain injury, a life-changing brain injury uh, just last year. So Saya crashed herself in the semifinal. She was stretched off, clapped off. Now she, she's been seen talking to other competitors. She seems relatively okay, but devastated with the result. Um, but we're, we're just so proud of her. I reckon everyone is here. It's great, great to see her just even at an Olympic Games. doesn't matter if she didn't win. doesn't matter if she made the final. Devastating that she crashed, but uh, awesome to see her in relatively good health and in that same race, the veteran Lauren Reynolds qualified for the final. Uh, in the final, she came fifth, so close to a medal, uh, but that's all right. She didn't win a medal, came fifth. An amazing achievement from Lauren Reynolds in the BMX racing. Now, on a bit of a where do we begin note, Lucien Delfour was in the uh, K1 final yesterday in his semi-final, uh, finished sixth, but oh, he would have been feeling very nervous in the couple of minutes following his, uh, his, his slalom <laughs> because he nearly handed 50-second penalty because he didn't quite – people thought he might have not quite gone through one of the gates properly. Like I said, took a couple of minutes to sort out, but they gave him the all-clear, finished sixth in the semifinal, got into the final. He was looking pretty good at the start, looking very fast, very pacey. Oh, he, the water kind of caught him at one point, and he was stuck in this one gate for a couple of seconds and – no coming back from there, really. He finished eighth. He was in the bronze medal position after uh, his turn, but he ended up finishing eighth in the K1 final. Still an astonishing achievement. So, Lucien, if he's listening, I don't know if he is, maybe. Uh, well done, mate. Very proud. <laughs> I've spoken to you for, what, an hour, but <laughs> I feel um, very lucky to have done so, and congratulations, mate. That's an awesome result, finishing eighth in an Olympic final. And the Stingers, the Aussie Stingers, Lena Mihailovic, good friend of the show, of course, she participated in that they lost to Spain fourteen or nine to fourteen last night. 
It's the first defeat of their campaign. They're playing South Africa on Sunday, final group game. They sh- hopefully, they should be able to get a decent win over them because they've been looking a bit shaky in the women's water polo. And a bit of an interesting story here. There was a Ugandan weightlifter who, about a week ago, he's, he's called uh, Julius C. Kitoleko, uh, this 20, 20-year-old Ugandan weightlifter, didn't qualify for the Games, but headed to Japan for a Olympic training camp uh, in Osaka. And he, he went missing after that training camp. He left a note outside his hotel room. He said he was fleeing Uganda and he wanted to find work in Japan. He wanted to stay in Japan, find work there. Five days later, he was found about 140 kilometers away in a totally different place in Yokaichi. Um, and... Yeah, they sent him back to Uganda. He arrived in Uganda on Monday, and uh, he was detained after being arrested on possible fraud charges, which is no good to see, but what a wild story that is out of the Olympics. And now a story of kind of determination and pretty pretty inspirational one, Chumbawamba type inspirational uh, kind of thing. This guy just got back down. He got back up again. It was awesome to see him finish the 10,000-meter race in the running. Pat Tiernan, the Aussie guy, he, he was well in the race with 800 meters, two laps to go, right in the kind of leading pack, really. Uh, but then he kind of tailed off a bit. He f- he was looking, he was wobbling with a couple laps to go and in the final straight, he fell over twice. He got back up though. He finished the race running across the line, ended up finishing 26, even though he fell over a couple times. It was his best time of the season, 28 minutes and 35.06 seconds. Uh, it was awesome just to see him get back up and show that fighting spirit. It, it was just I've got to say, probably nearly brought me to tears, nearly brought many people to tears seeing that. It was pretty um, heart-wrenching seeing him fall down, but awesome to see him cross the line. The Ethiopian, Salomon Barega, won that event, uh, the 10,000 metres. Now, uh, usually I'd go to an interview between the review and the preview. I interviewed Scott McIntyre yesterday, um, but sadly, due to some tech issues, that interview uh, is... Not available to put into this show, to put it bluntly. Uh, Yeah, which is very, very annoying. I would have liked to have shown you that interview with Scott McIntyre, which spoke a bit about COVID, spoke a bit how Japan are faring in the games. Because Japan, uh, yesterday, they uh, recorded 10,000 cases for the first time, more than 10,000 cases for the first time. Tokyo, more than 3,000 for the third day in a row. Scott had some pretty um, interesting things to say. He he was talking about uh, how... Japan basically been covering up a lot of cases to make sure the Olympics went ahead. They're starting to reveal more now, and that's why they're going up. There's still many, many more that could be revealed, and they're just going to surge up and up and up as, as they start to reveal more. There's a presidential election, uh, sorry, a prime ministerial election coming up later in the year. So um, he is, well, they have expanded the state of emergency to a few other cities in Japan, and apparently they're going to do a lockdown. Uh, like pretty. Well, he thinks they're going to do a lockdown after the Olympics uh, to kind of get, get in favour with the Japanese people because they are pretty annoyed, many of them, that the Olympics are even occurring at all. And it's oh, it's pretty, when you think, put into perspective a bit, it is truly crazy that the Olympics are happening in the times we're living in in Japan. And there, there are there have been like 200 plus cases linked to the Olympics so far. Uh, and he, yeah, he spoke more about the Japanese sentiment. They're, they're still not very happy with it, but in the media, 
there's so much talk about how well Japan are doing. It's good to see the host nation do well in the tough times they're in at the moment. They're, at the time of uh, recording the interview with him, they were second in the medal tally. Uh, there was um, Yui Ohashi, uh, a young woman who came out of nowhere really to win a couple gold medals in the swimming. Skateboarder, 13-year-old skateboarder, won the first ever women's skateboarding event. Uh, another 16-year-old got bronze for Japan, I believe. And, uh, yeah, so they're doing very, very well in terms of the competition. It also spoke about a bit about the football, old Scotty boy. He recorded, we recorded that before the Matildas game. He, he would be very happy with that Matildas role. Of course, he's an Aussie in Japan. Uh, he was on the uh, second, first episode of the show, actually, Tokyo Daily. Um, spoke about the kind of disappointing campaign from the Oli Roos overall. Uh, he, he said in our previous interview that, he expected them to do very well and probably beat Argentina because Argentina really aren't much good at all. <laughs> he called them about about at the level of a Victorian Premier League team, which is well, definitely not what you'd consider to be uh, Olympic Argentinian standard. Uh, but he spoke about Japan doing well in the football as well. They beat France 4-0 in a group stage game. They won all three of their group stage games into a quarterfinal now. Uh, that, To be honest, that is most of what I can remember talking to Scott about. He he was awesome on the show. So thanks very much. If you're listening, Scott, thanks very much for coming. I'm sorry that I couldn't air the interview. I can't air the interview. It's oh, majorly disappointing. I'm pretty gutted about that. Um and also the uh, kind of tech issues is the reason why this the YouTube video is not looking too flashy. It's just me, the Zoom recording, really, the camera recording of me talking to my laptop because, yeah, the tech issues are driving me absolutely crazy. It is so annoying. Hopefully we'll be able to get some, some of them fixed up, but I'm glad that I can still do some of this show, Tokyo Daily, on day eight of the games to talk to you all about it and uh, so I've spoken about Scott's interview. I'll move on to what we usually move on to after the interview, which is the preview for the day ahead. So today, uh, all this time is Australian Eastern Standard Time, as always. So what you guys are all very, very interested in, I assume, is the swimming. So it wraps up, wraps up this weekend. There are nine medal races across the next two days. Four today. Uh, so first up today, we've got uh, Matthew Matty Temple in the 100-meter uh, butterfly final. That's at 11.30 a.m. Hopefully, he can do us proud there. And uh, Kayla McEwen and Emily Seaborn in the 200-meter backstroke at 11.37 a.m. Uh, that's uh, F-bomb and Seaborn in that one. Good to see those two having another pairing. And Titmus versus Ledecky 3.0 in the 800-meter freestyle, 11.46 a.m. It's considered probably Ariane's weakest event, so uh, it'll be tough for her to win, but we all know she's very capable of pulling off some pretty special stuff, and uh, Keir Malverton is also in that event representing the Aussies at 12.43pm, about, about an hour after that 11.46 titmus Ledecky showdown. We've, at 12.43, we've got the mixed 4x100 medley relay final, the first of its kind, the first time that event uh, has been in the Olympics. So for the Aussies, we've got Isaac Cooper, Zach Stubblety Cook, the gold medalist, of course, Brianna Throssell, and the great Bronte Campbell. So that, that's going to be a very interesting one. Men and women swimming together. Love to see that. Very, very good. And, of course, the athletics. They started yesterday. More athletics today. 
got the men's 800 metres uh, at 10.50am, got some Aussies in that, and we've also got the women's discus, uh, the group, uh, see if they can qualify for the final. We've got Danny Stevens representing Australia at 11.55am, a couple of min- minutes before that, sorry, I probably should have said this before, we've got Liz Clay for the Australians in the 100 metre hurdles for the women, uh, and then in the night session, uh, some Aussie representation here, we've got Rowan Browning in the 100 metre sprint Heats at 8.45 p.m. Uh, Lockie Morehouse told about how excited he was to see Rowan in action uh, in these 100-meter sprints because we haven't seen many Aussies do very well in the kind of last few years, last couple of decades even, for the 100-meter sprints. So hopefully uh, he does as best as he can, Rowan Browning. And we've got the men's discus final, Matt Denny at 9.15 p.m. He had the third best throw to qualify for that final. So... I guess, considering he had the third best story, he's right in medal contention. And 10.50 p.m., got the women's 100-meter final. Low Aussie representation in that, but we all love to see a 100-meter sprint. It is thrilling, thrilling stuff. Speaking of running, very early on in the day, 8.30 a.m., 7.30 a.m., in Japan time, so an early start for these Aussies. Emma Jeffcoat and Ashley Gentle, two more people to be confirmed in that mixed triathlon uh, for the Aussies. And later on, we've got the BMX Freestyle, which it's debuting that event in the Olympics. I've got Natalia Dim and Logan Martin at 11.10 a.m. That'll be pretty cool to see that. BMX Freestyle sounds like a pretty cool sport, cool event. Archery, uh, Taylor Worth for the Aussies, uh, round of 16, 11.22 a.m. Then if he gets through all of his round of 16, his quarterfinals and his semifinal, uh, medal rounds at from 5.30 p.m. So Taylor Worth, I think he won a medal in Rio five years ago. So hopefully uh, in the individual event, he can do just as well as he did in the team event in Rio. And you know, you guys know I love a bit of water polo. We've got the Aussie Sharks coming up against Spain at 12.30 p.m. Uh, that's, yeah, about in the middle of the day. So that's the... Um, I think it's their, yeah, it's their final group game. So hopefully they can do well in that one. Hockey Ruse against Argentina at 12.45 p.m. That is the final group game. Hopefully they can go 5-0 and in their group, which would be awesome to see they've uh, secured a spot in the quarter finals. Sorry, that, they haven't been 5-0 because they drew with New Zealand the other night. My mistake. Um, but yeah, hopefully they can get top spot to get into those quarter finals and get an as easy a draw as they possibly can. We've also got Ash Barty and John Pierce. Uh, they were defeated in last night's uh, mixed doubles match against uh, a couple of members from the Russian Olympic Committee. Uh, they come up against, oh, this is very interesting, Ash Barty and John Pierce coming up against Novak Djokovic and Nina Stojanovic from Serbia. Uh, Serbia, sorry. Um, that's going to be the second match after 4 p.m. on the centre court fighting for a bronze medal. So hopefully Ash Barty and John Pierce can, will be tough, but hopefully they can knock off Djokovic and Stoyanovic and friend of the show, Jason Waterhouse, uh, him and Lisa Darman, Darmanin uh, in NACRA 17 races as well today. And for those basketball fans out there, I know there are plenty of you. We've got the Boomers coming up against Germany at 6.20 p.m. That is going to be a big, big game coming off against an awesome win against Italy the other night. And this has been a bit of a weird episode. No interview, a bit of a weird YouTube thing because of those tech issues. Gee whiz, they 
Oh, how annoying are they? But anyway, thanks very much for tuning in, guys, whatever platform you're on. Thanks for sticking with it. Um, really appreciate you listening. Support the show any way you can. Really, really appreciate that. You know all those ways. And I'll leave it at that. My name's Harper. You've been listening to Tokyo Daily on day eight, uh, the 31st of July. Thanks very much for listening, guys. See you tomorrow.